We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Yes, we're back at it welcoming your lawn and garden questions. Yes, we talk lawns and gardens 52 weeks a year here on WCCO. Today is no exception. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is with us. Hey, Teresa, nice to see you again. Good morning, Denny. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming in on this crisp morning. My pleasure. Uh, We talk every time, well, you guys come in, you and your colleagues, uh, especially this time of year, we think thoughts of spring and seed catalogs and things like that. Pretty flowers. Yes. yes. What What do you do? You do the same thing. Do you start prepping for spring. Oh yeah, yeah. I start thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I probably start in November. <laughs> okay, you probably it's, do. It's every every day. I'm thinking about it. 365 days. It's just kind of geeky of me, but yeah, yeah. And and you you get so get your catalogs and and dream and look outside. It's a good time to prep. Isn't it's it? a wonderful yeah. time. And and now is a really good time to. Look outside in your garden. See what the bones of your garden look like. Because uh, you, cause you don't have any plants interfering. You can really That's just true. see, you know, where are the big trees? Where are the structures? Where are the sculptures? And, and you can really see the bones of your garden. And you can see where maybe you need a little support or whatever. And I remember talking with you a year ago. Mm-hmm. And we, at least this year, I think the shrubs are going to be better off. They should be. Because yep. of the moderating okay. temperature. Now it's cold yep. today, mm-hmm. but we have snow cover. We're getting more. Exactly. And that, yep. uh, again, yep. with the temperatures, should keep everything Yeah, we haven't had a polar vortex yes. yet. Knock on wood. And um, we've got a lot of, we've got snow cover. And we had a nice, wet, easy fall. So. And I, I'm probably pushing the season. This is February 8th. Yes. Uh, but I'm already anxious to see what my dormant seating, uh, if, <laughs> it, if it comes up. Do. <laughs> But there's a well, lot of snow on the cover. But the even even two or three seeds, you know, it's it's yeah, something. It's yeah, something yeah. better. So we'll we'll find out. Yes. But if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question for Master Gardener Teresa Rooney, please call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-989-9226. Again, same number for the phone call or uh, text. Now, don't wait. We always tend to get busy, as you know, Teresa. Toward the end of the so hour. So call yeah. it in or text it in. Don't wait. Uh, here's a text that came in a bit ago about an amaryllis bulbs. Mm-hmm. I purchased one three years ago. It did not bloom. I have continued to plant it outside in the summer, bringing in each fall. It always produces leaves, but no flower. Yet again, it is producing leaves. At this point, is it ever going to bloom? Am I a plant optimist? And I keep thinking it will eventually bloom, but maybe not. Thanks for the insight. That's a really strange thing because being outside in the summer, that bulb should get really big and and have a lot of energy. So so I'm not quite sure why it's not blooming. Uh, Maybe a little bit of fertilizer once it comes out of dormancy might help it a little bit. Um, And maybe even some fertilizer in the summer to help it even be stronger. That is very strange, though. And it could be if it was a really little bulb. If it's not really big, you want it nice and big. And make sure when you plant it that you're planting it high so its shoulders are above the soil. So it's kind of a sexy bulb. Uh And you, uh, at your house, I mean, Mm -hmm. you, you you don't do a lot of grass lawn mowing. I don't do any lawn mowing. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, no turf at my house. So is it easy to take care of that way? Oh, it's so easy. I don't because every Saturday morning I don't have to mow. 
Um, I don't have to worry about fertilizing the lawn. I have all these trees and shrubs, and I have, uh, you know, a bunch of perennials, and they all take care of themselves. And pretty much the thing I have to worry about is remembering to water the containers uh, where I plant lots of vegetables and things. And then decide when to go to the arboretum to look around. And go to the arboretum, yes. (laughs) And this is another good month to do that. You talk talk about uh, discovering things before you plant them. You can mm-hmm. see what what the shrubs eventually. Yep. Uh, you could you could see yeah. what that tree's going to look yeah. like, you know, 50, you know, when it, when it's full grown, you can see what those shrubs look like in the winter, how they're holding up, and they're having a lot mm-hmm. of wonderful things now at the arboretum. Um it's the flowers of spring. So you can you can look at up north you can look at fairy gardens, you can look at trees of the tundra, and you can look at tropical flowers. All at the Arboretum, and that's all inside where it's warm. Yeah. And then you can walk Three Mile Drive or, or walk through the other gardens and see what things look like in winter. It's a great resource, isn't it? it? It's oh, a man. wonderful resource. And there's usually a Master Gardener there at Ask a Master Gardener. So you can let's talk plants and go over with the Master Gardener and just pepper them with questions. You tell us from time to time about that program, the Master Gardener program. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, this time of year, where are we with that? Right now, the um, interns or the new master gardeners are just finishing up their classes. So that's very exciting. Here in Hennepin County, I believe we're bringing on 80 new interns. So that's like the hugest class we've ever had. Um, but we always, Why do you think that is? Well, you know, we have a lot of, a lot of good young people coming in. Uh, lots of that's different, good. Lots of um, different ideas about what's important in gardening. Um, pollinators and vegetables and nearby nature. And they're really interested in that. A lot of the new gardeners, uh, new uh, master gardeners coming in. Um, and, and we have such a um, a need for master gardeners in Hennepin County. Other counties probably do too, but we almost always have more opportunities than we can fill. And we've got over 400 master gardeners. So, but so the need we, is still good. The Great. need is still good, and we love being needed. We love to, to bring that university-based information out to our neighbors, out to our communities, um, so that everybody can garden more resiliently and sustainably and get more out of gardening with less work, because that's what we all want to do, and, and have it be beautiful. So Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I want to have you give the uh, university website in a minute, but if you if you have a lawn or garden question, uh, please call it in and don't wait. Call it in now or text it in now if that's easier. Same number six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. A texter wants to know: Do you know? And maybe that's something you can look at online at the arboretum. Uh, do they have any nut trees planted there? They do have nut. They trees. do. They do, okay. and I think there's even a whole section on Three Mile Drive that says nut trees. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you answer. can go and you can see the walnuts and whatever else they've got out there. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody likes uh, to hear about, uh, they want you to talk more about converting lawns to gardens. Oh, you know, there's the state is doing a fantastic program now, and, and we're, it's called legu- Lawns to Legumes. <laughs> so it's like bee lawns, and, and we're putting in a bunch of clover, and, and we're getting trained. Well, I'm so excited we're getting a, a training in a, on in March, I think, for, for Hennepin County. We're so excited. But, uh, yeah, so so if, convert your lawn to um, to clover or other ground covers, or you can even just convert it into your um, beautiful vegetable gardens and your perennial gardens, you know, add a tree and around the tree plant some shrubs and then outside of the shrubs plant some perennials. So you don't have just a tree stuck in the middle of the lawn. It's it's a whole ecosystem and that will take care of itself and it really makes a wonderful impact on 
the 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 landscape um, your house price will increase the value of your home because you have a good landscaping and you have less lawn to mow um, keep the lawn you need you know for playing croquet or the kids playing football or sunbathing and, and just just have that lawn be small but beautiful and then have your other garden and it'll just be so much easier on you I like that idea Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six is the number for the phone call and text messages. So I'll tell you what, let's do this, Teresa. Let's uh, take a bit of a break here, a quick one. Okay. When we come back, we'll go to the phones and uh, get, grab some more text messages. It's a smart garden show. We're around every Saturday here on CCO in the uh, 8 o'clock hour. And good morning. Welcome back to our smart garden show. Denny Long here with Master Gardener Teresa Rooney helping you out. So if you have any kind of a lawn or garden question, you want to call or talk uh, or text Teresa. Same number, 651-989-9226. All right, Teresa, let's get back to it. Okay. Uh, back to the phones we go. Jay is calling from River Falls. Jay, you're on with Teresa. Hi, Jay. Hi, how are you doing? I'm well. How are you this morning? I'm good. What can I've I do for you? I've got a garden that's about 20 by 15, and it's uh, some of the shrubs are dying that I put in uh, several years ago. And I'm wondering if there's some evergreens that are dwarf size that I could put in the corners that would stay green all year round. Sure. How much sun? How much sun does your garden get? Uh, it's pretty much, uh, I would say, um, almost all day, day long. All day long. Okay. So what you're looking for then is you want to look at some of your junipers and your arborvitaes. Those will give you some really nice options. There's also some of the small pines and the spruces. There are lots of uh, dwarf ones. So so I would go to the um, university website, extension.umn.edu, and you can just look up some dwarf uh, evergreens for full sun. There's a lot of them that would work. Remember that evergreens will need... Um, uh, a lot of water going into the fall. They usually have a shallower root system, so give them a nice mulch around them. And again, mulch should never touch the, the trunk of the plant. Keep it about an inch or two away, and uh, they should be beautiful. Good luck. And, and you know, amend the soil. You can, you can, with, with the dwarf shrubs, you know, you can always throw in some compost. Could you give me that website again? I will certainly do that. It's extension.edu. Oh, UMN. U, I'm sorry, umn.edu.com. Thank you, Denny. Denny yes. knows it better than I do. <laughs> or if you have a question and you can't remember that, just say Dwarf Evergreens UMN. It'll bring you right there. Right there. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, Jay. Good luck with that. Good luck. A line is open if you want to chat with uh, Teresa. 651-989-9226. Same number applies to the text. We have a few of those, too. Uh, here's another text. I have text that says, several small evergreens. I planted last summer that I planted too close together. What time of year can I best transplant them farther apart? Thank you. As soon as this, the ground thaws in the spring, go ahead and move them. Okay. Uh, move them as quickly as possible. Uh, get them where you're, they're going to be, um, and, and they should be fine. Try to disturb the roots as little as possible when you're moving them. Okay. Here's another text that just came in. I pull geraniums in the fall and store in a dark, dry place. What is the best way to start the geraniums in the spring? I would probably start planting them up fairly soon. Uh, you just put them in a nice pot, uh, cut cut them back a little bit, cut off any brown, dead stuff, any moldy stuff. Um, just pot them up like a houseplant and start watering and give them some light and they'll start growing for you. And then by about May, you should be able, or May or June, you should be able to get them outside then when the danger of frost is passed. Very good. 
Again, if you if it's easier than calling, send a text to Teresa, 651-989-9226. We have a bunch of those, as I said, cool. and callers coming in as well. Good morning. Joan from Brighton says this, I brought many plants in for the winter. I now have what I call black little tsetse flies, many little families. Uh, what can I spray to get rid of them? Are they in the soil or on the leaves? I brought in uh, a Canis oleander Manavilla mm, hibiscus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Love your show. Did you okay. get all that? I got all of that. Yeah. Canna's oleander hibiscus. Is. Okay. So that's what I was hoping somebody would ask about today. House plants or plants you brought in. Now is the time they're going to start. You're going to start seeing your, your insect pests because the plants are really stressed. You think you want spring. Those plants really want spring. Your house is dark. Your house is dry. Your house is, is not very happy, good for plants. So what you need to do is you need to figure out what insects you're seeing. So, um, Joan, if the insects, when you water, are flying up from the soil, they could be fungus gnats. Or they could be white flies. So both uh, with the fungus gnats and the white flies, um, if it's fungus gnats, if you just put like a half an inch of sand over the top of all of the soil, and then when you water, the sand will dry out. Um, they need to live in that first half inch or so, and um, and they can't live in the sand, so they'll all die. Um, back off on watering if, if you... Um, are overwatering your plants. If you're underwatering, make sure you're watering. You can also make uh, get little yellow sticky traps, and that will trap the insects. They actually just stick to it. If you don't want to buy them and you're cheap like me, <laughs> you just take a bright yellow piece of paper, stick it in a Ziploc bag, and put a little olive oil or um, uh, vegetable oil on it, and then put it near your house plants and make sure it's like under the light and leave the light on at night, and that will just be covered with stick- with little insects. You can figure out what they are, and then you just take the paper out of the bag, throw the bag away, and start over again. Or you can buy the sticky traps. That's really good. If you need to go up, then you can um, also use uh, um, insecticidal soaps. If you have scale, you can use oil. Um, you, neem could be possible in some, although there's there's some issues with neem. So those are some of the things you can use. Also, if you've got things like spider mites, just giving your plants a good shower will wash off the spider mites, and then you just may have to do that a few times because there'll be more eggs that hatch. Okay, very good. But go to the university. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's get back to the phones. Uh, David is calling from Beldenville, Wisconsin, I believe. David, you're on with Teresa. Hi, David. Hi there. Uh, the question is, last fall, I helped my buddy cut down a black walnut tree hanging over his shed. I saved a bunch of nuts from it and thought about planting in the spring. But how do I go about doing this? Okay, so what you can do is, um, if you want to, rough up the surface a little bit. You want to take a nail file and just rough it up. And what I'd probably do is I'd plant them now. And by planting them now, I'd put them in, um, Do some, do um, go online and look at winter sowing. And um, that, that is where you actually put them, you plant them in milk jugs and you set them out now and, and get it really wet and everything else. And, and then hopefully they'll start growing uh, and and then in the spring they'll be ready to go. So you you'll have bought a little bit of time. Um, so you could try that. Otherwise, um, just rough up those those hulls really good, and then plant them where you want them in, and just protect them because it'll take a long time to get that little tree to come up. All good right. luck. Thank you, David. Let's go to Crystal. Marion is waiting there to ask your question. Uh, Marion, go ahead, please. Hi, Marion. Hi. Good morning. I have an old house, an old old yard, so I have really large trees. Mm-hmm. 
And, of course, maple trees, the, the roots just never end. Yes. <laughs> and you're talking about, you know, using the whole yard. Mm-hmm. And I have struggled for a long time because there's such competition right. between the roots and what you're trying to, trying to do grow. in your flower mm-hmm. bed or whatever. Yep. And it's shady besides. Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> so you need some help. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So what I'd first suggest is to plant the right plants. There is a book called The Best Plants for 30 Tough Sites. You can get it for free online. And there is a section in there, dry uh, plants for dry shade. That will really help. So look at some of those plants. When you plant the plants you're going to plant, you dig the hole, add some compost because you want to give those plants the best chance you can because, as you said, the root, the maple roots are wanting to, to compete, and then plant them. You may need to put in a soaker hose system. Uh, that will help until those plants can get established. Once they can get established, it kind of reaches an equilibrium, and you should be okay between the maples and the plants. Um, you can always add some compost, top dress with a little compost. That makes everybody happy. But that's the way to do it. You just do little pockets, put compost in, and then give those plants a little extra TLC till they're really well established to make sure you're planting plants for dry shade. And that should work for you. Good luck. Very good. Let's uh, hear from another Marion uh, calling from Shoreview this time. Marion, good morning. What can we do for you? Good morning, Marion. Good morning. I have two geranium plants. I put one away, cut it down, put it away in a closet, and I kept one out. The one I kept out has beautiful greenery, but it has never had a bud all winter long. Mm-hmm. And the one I put away, I wondered when to take it out and if it needs to be fertilized immediately. Okay, those are really good questions. So probably lots of your house, lots of your plants are not going to flower inside the house. We just okay. don't have enough sunshine. It, it's just not bright enough. No matter how close to the window they are, how much extra light, they probably just aren't getting light. If you want them to flower, you do need to put a full grow light or a full spectrum light on them so that they can get some extra light. Run it about 16 hours. The other, um, the geranium that you planted inside or that you haven't planted yet, go ahead and pot that up maybe sometime toward the end of this month, anytime you want to. And when you pot up the new plant, just give it a really good drink of water. Wait till it comes out of dormancy. Once you see that it's actively growing, then you can fertilize it. You don't want to fertilize it right away because the roots aren't really doing anything and any little roots that are growing you could possibly burn. So you just want it to really get growing and start showing some life and just settle down in its pot. Then you fertilize, and that should be good. All right, very good. Good luck. Texas says, on the subject of lawns, do you know, meaning you, Teresa, mm-hmm. of any education slash classes on how to convert our cabin lakeshore from lawn that goes right to the water to the strip of wildflowers, et cetera, for environmentally friendly shore? Sure. Um, I would check with your DNR. Uh, they might have some classes for you. Uh, um, I don't think Hennepin County doesn't have any t- any classes that I'm aware of that how to convert, but there are companies that will do it for you, and there there's a lot of good books. Um, Carl, uh, that's not, Carol Henderson wrote a really good book about um, lake shores and and water quality. And if you can find that book, that's a really good book about how to plant up. It's not a class, but it's a book, and and you can and get that. Maybe you can even 
get it from the library and and use that. It's Carol Henderson. Um, he used to work with, I think, the DNR. He's yeah, since oh, absolutely. It's amazing book. It's yeah. just an amazing book. Talk about a great resource. Carol great Henderson. resource. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that might help you um, give you some ideas. Good luck. We need to take a break, okay. but we, uh, Teresa, have another half hour of the show to go. So, folks on the line, stay there. We're going to get your questions answered. Texters will grab your text messages when we come back after the break as well. And welcome back to our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday here on CCO in the 8 o'clock hour. And uh, we, if you're just joining us, thanks for doing so. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, is helping you out today by phone and by text. And again, that same number applies for either your phone call or text. 651-989-9226. Let's go back to the phones and we'll grab some text messages. Dick in Roseville, what is your question? Hi, Dick. Hey, good, good morning. My question is, what about using milnorganite for just greening your yard up in the springtime? Uh, you can use milorganite. Yeah, I didn't know how to pronounce it. Uh, yep, um, and that's a, a Milwaukee sewer sludge. Now, th- there's kind of an issue because it does have some phosphorus in it. So legally, um, we can't really put it on our lawns, but there's no lawn police, and it and it does work. So um, I'll just leave it at that. Um, but, yes, you can use it, and, and it does have some nitrogen in it, so it would green up your lawn, and it is a gentle fertilizer. Okay. Thank you, Dick. Mm-hmm. Thanks for hanging on. Uh, Lois is calling in from Minneapolis, I believe. Uh, Lois, you are on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Lois. Good morning. Um, I have a quick fire hydrangea. And um, it's about six feet tall, and um, I'm wondering when can that be cut back and, um, you know, how much to cut back. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when when you're cutting back your shrubs, you can start cutting them back uh, this time of year, February into March. Now is a really good time also to be pruning your oaks and elms and ash trees and your fruit trees, uh, you know, February um, into March before um, any, any insects come. Um, with, the, with the quick fire, you don't have to worry about the insects. And you just want to cut it back to shape it. Um, and hopefully it's the right plant for the right place so you don't have to cut it back, you know, all the way to the ground because you only need it two feet high. And if that's the case, you probably want to move it and put something else there. But just cut it back to, to fit the shape and the size that you want to keep it healthy. Uh, cut back dead branches. Take those out, crossing limbs, um, things that are to- going toward the center of the plant, and, and just kind of clean it up like that. And you can do that anytime now. Thank you, Lois. 651 Nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's go to North Branch. Char is there with a question. Char, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning, Char. Good morning. Um, I'm just wondering, is there some some kind of neutralizer to put down on your lawn for dog urine? Oh, that and- that is it. There is. It's called water. Um, there, you know, the dog has over fertilized the lawn. So putting other things down is really not going to help. Um, what you need to do is you need to dilute and neutralize the extra fertilizer. And lots of the products that you can see, you put them down, but then they say water them in. So it's really the water that is doing most of the work for you. So, so what you need to do then is, um, is just water really well where the dog has, has uh, urinated. Uh, if you can teach your dog to urinate in one area and then just put 
wood chips or, or stones there, that's easier. Um, otherwise, dogs and lawns are kind of like trees and lawns. They don't go that well together. You just have to, you know, water really well, clean up the dead stuff, replant grass, and that's how it goes with having a dog in a lawn. Yeah, that's the trade-off, it's, I guess. Yeah. Huh? But dogs are worth it. Absolutely. Thank you, Shar. 651-989-9226. Again, that number applies both to the phone call and text messages, and we have a bunch of those, too, like this one. In fact, we get this from time to time. As far as uh, uh, trimming small limbs, uh, do you like or recommend, as far as pruning uh, ornamental trees, bypass or anvil? Um, I prefer the bypass pruner. They're more like a scissors. The anvil is just a sharp blade that hits a flat surface, and lots of times it crushes. And so mm. I just prefer the bypass. Um, but but you work with what works for you and make sure your pruner feels really good in your hands because you're going to use it a lot. That That's my personal, personal. All right, very good. Uh, in the spring, Texter says, when, when should I put down weed killer, that pre-weed killer thing that you spread all over your lawn? Okay, that's called a pre-emergent. And what that does is it stops seeds from growing. It does not stop weeds from growing. It stops seeds from growing. So that means any new weed seeds, any grass seed, any vegetable seeds, it will stop flower seeds, it stops seeds from growing. And you want to put that down about when the lilacs are blooming on your block or in your yard. And if you have a lot of crabgrass and problems right next to the, to the your concrete surfaces, your cement areas, your driveway, your sidewalks, go a week earlier because those have warmed up a little bit. If you have a heavy clay soil, you're going to be a little later. If you have a really light sandy soil, it could be a little earlier. Usually it's middle to... First to the middle of May is normally what southern Minnesota is. I'm not sure exactly for northern Minnesota. I think it might be two weeks later. And what zone are we here for? We're zone four here in the Twin Cities. And you fudge a little bit with five? Uh, you month? can fudge a little bit with five or six or seven. But good it, luck. You, you might have some, some of those microclimates. Some people can easily grow things. I've seen I've seen zone nine plants growing. Really? For some people, they die to the ground every year, but they've got them planted in a microclimate, so they do keep their. I know one person who has a passion vine, which is a zone eight or nine plant, and that comes back every year for them, and it's pretty amazing. But um, it's planted like right near their foundation oh, on okay. the south side of the house. More so protected. Much like more protected. Yeah. Here's a text that came in bits and pieces here, so bear bear with me. Uh, having continued issues with tomatoes in our small garden in New Hope, Minnesota. They start great, but soon start getting yellow leaves from the bottom and yep. continue to impact the entire plant. Often, we only get a couple of tomatoes from each plant. Mm-hmm. Don't see spots on leaves like a blight or bug. Not sure what's wrong. Mm-hmm. It, it could be you could even have a, a wilt or something in the soil. So what you want to do is you want to um, get tomatoes. So maybe you have verticillium in your soil. So you want to get tomatoes that have um, letters after the name VTFN. So that's for verticillium wilt, fusarium wilt, and uh, VTFN, uh, nematodes, maybe even tobacco mosaic virus. You also maybe want to think about rotating your the crops. The, there should be no Solanaceae family, which is the tomato family, in there for three years. You can rotate that out and plant to other families. Every three to four years, a crop rotation is really good. You may just want to say give up the tomatoes in the ground, get some nice big pots where you can really control the soil, and then you can grow your heirlooms and your tomatoes in full sun. So you want to make sure that you have um, 
tomatoes that are resistant, so you're going to have to go to the hybrids or else a, a hair, um, a, an heirloom that is um, put onto hybrids uh, rootstock. They do some of that too. They've grafted those. Uh, you want good soil, add a bunch of compost, and you may want to consider that uh, full sun and also maybe just plant your tomatoes in a container and rotate the crops. I have a tree a trimming question uh, comes uh, through the text line. I have a big old oak tree about five feet diameter. Wow. Ooh, beauty. Those are uh, that, beautiful. Uh, She's kind beautiful. of broke in a certain area, but can I saw that off in the summer or must it be done now? You must don't be s- done now. Yeah. You don't want to. Anything that's dead can be taken off anytime. But your your trees, like your oaks and elms and ashes and fruit trees, if you think there could be a bug outside living, you do not want to do anything. That's the easiest way to consider it because bugs will move a lot of um, diseases. And then there's some wilts too that they get. So so you don't want to do any cuts, no open wounds during the growing season. We do have an open line if you want to chat with Teresa, 651-989-9226. Same number again if you want to send it via text. That same number applies. Another text, uh, what is the fastest, and I wonder if this uh, university website would help here, what is the fastest growing shrub we can use for a natural privacy fence? You can go to the Arbory, uh, to the university website, extension.umn.edu. I would look at something like dogwoods, uh, very nice, fast-growing. Your viburnums are pretty fast-growing. Um, some of your um, hydrangeas will be fast-growing. Uh, so look at look at our native plants. They're really nice and fast. And, um, you know, as they're growing, you may want to consider maybe putting some ornamental grasses in between them. And then as the shrubs get bigger, move the ornamental grasses out if it's a full sun site. So, so some shrubs and then some ornamental grasses. And it'll give your eye that idea of privacy and stopping and the it just kind of gives you a little sense of privacy. The grass doesn't really block anything, but that could be an option. Again, that university website, if you want to check it out, it's great reading, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, extension.umn.edu. And you may as well be doing that with the snowstorm coming. Absolutely, in a cold why, weather. Why Come do on. anything else? Yeah. You know, go look but at pretty really pictures. it really is. Help you again prepare for the spring and summer yep. mm-hmm. and the fall. And, and just look at pretty pictures. Absolutely. <laughs> or really scary pictures of insects. <laughs> <laughs> let's go back to the phones, Teresa. Uh, let's see. Diane is calling in from Minneapolis. Diane, you're on CCO with Teresa. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Hi, Diane. See, I'm not calling with a question. I'm just calling with a comment with okay. regard to this uh, lady that just called in uh, regarding her dog. Yes. From yes. The grass. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a few years back on your home and garden show, someone did call about this issue. And I don't remember who the gardener was at the time, but they suggested putting gypsum down on the grass. That has been suggested, but... I- it's not that effective. It, oh, well, it's an option, but it's not that effective. Oh, well, you know, my neighbor next door who had two female labs, mm-hmm. I told him about it because mm-hmm. they had that trouble. And he tried it, and it, and it did help quite a bit for them. So Wonderful. I just, I, I'm just commenting it, it's, about that. It's an option. I yeah. mean, give it a try. It can't hurt. Yeah, thank yeah. you, Diane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can't hurt. It's like chicken soup. It can't hurt. It can't hurt, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, but you really just need to dilute that stuff. That's what you're trying to do, trying to dilute the, the extra fertilizer. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. We mentioned that website a bit ago, and a texter says the extension website says trim maples and walnuts in winter, but also says wait until fully leaved out due to sap may run. Which is the best time? Do you think? Oh the, well, that's okay. So so when you have trees that have a lot of sap, your maples and your birches and that, you can prune those. Uh, well, maples especially any time of the year. 
if you prune them when the sap is running, it'll look like they're bleeding all over the place and you'll just feel about two inches high because you've hurt your plant. It doesn't hurt the plant. They just are bleeding sap. Um, so it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's easier to tr- to prune them before the leaves come out, but it's cold and it's e- might be easier to prune them when it's warm and the leaves are out. You can prune during the sap running time. It just is not the best time because you get a lot of sap running and you, it just looks icky. So it that that's the story with the sap. It's not going to do a terrible damage. It just looks really sad and okay. makes you feel bad For the that you hurt your plant. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that a really note, good question, though. We'll come back and cheer up Teresa right after the break. <laughs> And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show. We are here every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. Thanks to friends like uh, Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, for helping you out today by phone and by text. Same number, 651-989-9226. And as usual, Teresa, we have both. Excellent. Callers and texters. Let's okay. see who's been waiting. Uh, Dick is calling from Newmarket, I believe, with a question. Dick, you're on with uh, CCO with Teresa. Hi, Dick. Yeah, good morning. Enjoying your show. Say, I have a place in northern Minnesota, and about 20 years ago, I put in numerous blueberry plants. Mm -hmm. They've been very productive, except the last five years, uh, they have decreased in productivity, and they also get almost fern-like growth coming up out of the branches. Mm And which I cut off, and I've always cut off the dead. Uh, when they're 20 years old, is there any salvation to those plants, or are they just spent? You know, what I'd probably do is I'd probably give them, I would go to the university extent, or umnedu.com, go there and, and double-check. But you need to, like, give those, uh, they need some renewal pruning occasionally. So since you're thinking maybe they're gone by anyway, what I would do is I would prune them very hard this spring, uh, very, very hard, and see if that mm-hmm. gives you some new growth that looks normal um, mm-hmm. and and see if that and see what happens there. I'm not quite sure why they're coming out with that with that weird broomy um, ferny growth that's kind of concerning to me. Uh, maybe they're being hit by something that's causing that witch, witch broom, the broom, the, 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 that, but I don't know. I would give them a good prune, make sure that you've um, given them lo- uh, some fertilizer, make sure they're still getting the same amount of sun that they were getting before. And good luck. Thank you, Dick. Appreciate that. Uh, let's go to Columbia Heights. Kent has been waiting there. Kent, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Kent. Thanks Kent. for waiting. You bet. Good morning. I um, wanted to ask a question about Carl Forrester grasses. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, a bunch that are about six years old or so. They're in full sun. They get water from a sprinkler system, and they're around my patio. This past summer, they were looking kind of thin. And I'm wondering if I can either do anything or do I need to, to uh, transplant part of them or... I'm looking for suggestions. You could. Uh, that's a good question. So uh, you said they're getting full sun. That's good. So what yeah. I would look at them is I would see if they're kind of going hollow off out in the center. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they may need to be dug up and divided, just like sometimes you have to do that to your lilies mm-hmm. and your irises and things like that. They kind of get a little root bound, a little dead in the center. Sometimes perennials do that. Um, and they they shouldn't need the extra water because they should have a good enough root system. So make sure they're not getting overwatered and, and too much fertilizer and anything like that. They're a grass. They just need 
they should have a good root system already. But do look and see if they're hollowing out in the center. And if they are, just divide them and dig them up, divide them, and have a bunch more and enjoy them. All right, very good. Thanks for the call, Kent. Texter wants to know, and I'm sure there are uh, uh, master gardeners in the area too, do you ever get to the Morris campus and give presentations? Where did it go? On prairie gardens. Oh, are there master gardeners around that I'm area? I'm sure there are master gardeners up in Morris County, um, or and the Morris presentations. Um, I would I would talk to your uh, county extension uh, and check your um, the uh, the. I master assume they gardener. mean the U of M Morris. The campus, U of M, right? yeah, the campus, and that's a really cool campus up there too. They're doing so much cool work up there. Um, so, so check and see if those master gardeners in that county um, are giving classes on prairie plants. And if they're not, suggest that maybe they want to look into doing that because you have an interest in that. Very good. And, uh, you know, backing up a little bit about uh, Master Gardeners, how, and again, this may be too late or too early, if somebody wants to learn more about the program, mm-hmm. what, what time of year do people contact you guys? They, they, sh- they could contact any time. Uh, you can go to the uh, Master Gardener website and just click on how to become a Master Gardener, and you can sign up. And then when it's the appropriate time, you will be contacted to send your application or get your application in. Uh, but, yeah, find Master Gardeners wherever you are and just quiz them about what a master gardener does and pick their brains and they love answering questions about that's what master gardeners do they're educators we're educators we love to share okay okay we're all kind of plant geeks and um (laughs) well you guys are helping enable us you're we're so we're codependent on you okay so that's why i'm here all the time but yeah we love talking plants and we love to share that education and our passion with our community so yeah very good uh, Texter says, I see farmers spraying ammonia on the fields. Uh, would this fertilize my lawn? Uh, as as a master gardener, I would say you only want to put fertilizer on your lawn that says it's fertilizer for your lawn. Uh, the farmers know exactly what they're doing. They have done tests on their soil. They know exactly how much ammonia and everything to put down. So they have it all worked out. And if you put as much effort into finding out your soil and your pH and do all the research, then you would be okay to do that. Otherwise, I would say as an average person, none of us want to go through all that work like a farmer does. So just use the the packaged items that we have available for fertilizing our lawns. And read the directions. Read the directions. Read, follow, understand the directions. More is not better. And guess what? An actual Creeping Charlie text. <laughs> I was going to hope we get one. <laughs> one more time, please, they say. The texter says, 20 mule team borax. Okay, oh. no. you. D- okay, I'm going to say no borax. Don't use borax. I've heard that will sterilize your soil. It can sterilize your soil. Um, borax, you can, if you're going to use it and the university does not suggest you use it anymore, it's an old um, possible uh, old information, so do not use it. But it's just that Creeping Charlie is a little more susceptible to borax poisoning. But if you use it more than once, you can sterilize your soil forever or a long time, and you do not want that in the soil. So do not use borax. I think we have time for one more phone call. Norman's calling from Maple Plain. Norman, what's your question? Hi, Norman. Good morning. I, uh, my wife has a, a bunch of orchids, and uh, as they mature, the foliage tends to flop over the edge of the pot. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if they could be repotted to stand them up 
And uh, you you could try repotting them. You always want to repot your soil if uh, or you repot your orchids if that's if the if the uh, wood chips are breaking down. So you do need to repot them if that's breaking down into soil. So because they're an air plant. So you or I'm assuming those are the orchids you're talking about. Uh, but go online to extension.umn.edu and they will tell you how to take care of your orchids. And what is that book that Mary was involved with, The 30 Best? The Best Plants for 30 Tough Sites. I'm not sure if Mary was involved in that. Yes, I think she Mary, was, was, Mary was our supreme commander, <laughs> and, for all, and it was created by Master Gardeners in Minnesota. So it's all about Minnesota because what shouldn't be all about Minnesota? I mean, the whole world should be about Minnesota, and that's just my personal opinion. And well, you, Wisconsin and North and South Dakota, if you're listening. And get on that university website, which is? Extension.umn.edu, and thanks for listening. Thank you, Teresa. Good Thank to see you, you again. See Stay you. warm out there. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.